Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. I'm so happy that you are here today, and I believe that God's Word has the power to build you up, to do what He has called you to do, and to be the person that He has called you to be. So today we will give careful heed to God's Word because it is the instruction book for our lives so that we may have eternal life in Christ and success on the earth while we are down here. Praise God. Glory to God. Now, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. Praise the Lord. So let's look at a scripture that will build our faith for God's best for our finances. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. A feast is made for laughter. I mean, you don't have a feast so that you can mourn and be sorrowful. Uh, a feast is for laughter. When you look at the seven major feasts of the nation of Israel that they were called to celebrate, they were actually festivals, and they were told to celebrate the Lord. Praise God. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. One translation says money answers all things. Now, you will always have some Christians that will say money's not really important. Have you, have you ever noticed that after they make a goofy statement like that, they'll turn right around and then work 40, 50, maybe 80 hours that week to do what? To get money? Wow. I'm here today to tell you that money is probably more important than what anybody has ever told you. God wants you to have money, and he wants you to have plenty of it. Why? Pastor Stephen, why should I have money? I'll tell you why. Because when the questions of life comes, money gives you the ability to answer that question in a skillful way. Praise God. How about this question? You're sitting at home, eating ice cream, you finish your ice cream, then maybe you feel like a hot tea before you go to bed. You get a hot tea and suddenly, in the back of your mouth, back there by one of those wisdom teeth, you feel a throbbing, unlike any pain you've ever felt shoot through your body before. And you realize, uh-oh, I have a problem back there. Uh, and maybe it doesn't go away. Maybe it begins to throb all night long. I actually had that happen to me one time when I was in my early 30s, and it started in the evening, and at about 1 o'clock in the morning, it was just all-out agony of this tooth that had just uh, gone bad, praise the Lord. So all the decay and all of those things touching these nerves um, can cause extreme pain. So you have a question. What am I going to do about this problem that has come into my life? Pastor Stephen, we should pray and fast. <laughs> uh, yes, go right ahead. Pray for me, but I, I need some help right now. <laughs> this thing's driving me crazy. <laughs> there are some things you can do, but there are some other things that are beyond even the ability of take three Advil and call the dentist in the morning. 
Praise the Lord. There are some things that need immediate attention, and you've got to get to that dentist the next morning, or you can't you can't think straight. Now you could you could skip the money option, and you can go to your garage and find your find your toolkit, and maybe find a good player of pliers. And try to yank it out yourself. See there, Pastor Stephen, I didn't need money. I just needed some ingenuity. Look at my tooth. That doesn't always work out good. One lady actually worked at the dental office. She told me that one man actually tried to pull his tooth himself. And he didn't understand uh, nerves and didn't understand, you know, connecting uh, root tissue and all of that stuff. And he pulled his tooth out. And when he pulled it out, the roots of the tooth were still connected to his mouth. And it sent excruciating pain through his body beyond anything he had ever experienced. I think he fainted and passed out. He just thought, oh, you pull it out, you yank the tooth out. That's not always the case. There are roots that connect that tooth in there that embed that tooth into your gums. And he found that out in a very painful situation. Use some money. Why, Pastor Stephen? Because it answers everything. It answers the problem of the, the tooth problem. It answers the problem, such as the Good Samaritan ran into, of the, of the man that had been beaten up, stripped of all of his possessions, uh, beat uh, very, very badly. And so now there's the question, what am I going to do about this guy? Well, somebody with money can answer that question. Should, should you ever come upon a situation like that? Can you believe the man actually had the ability, the good Samaritan had the ability to take that man, transport him to a hotel after he has received, as we would say in today's vernacular, medical treatment and got him, you know, bandaged up and poured, poured oil into all the cuts and things like that, you know, because all the oil back then was spiced. So it, in a sense, is antiseptic. So let's knock out any bacteria, germs, bandage him up. Now let's put him in a hotel and just let him recuperate. Let him lay there for, you know, 60 days until everything mends back. And the good Samaritan told the innkeeper, I'll pay the bill. Just let him stay here as long as he needs to. I'll pay the hotel bill. Could you pay somebody's hotel bill that needed desperate help and just needed to be put up? How about for a week? Well, Pastor Steve, you know, a hotel is only $20 a night. You can't find a $20 hotel anywhere in America. No, usually $70 and up, usually over 100 So you need to have extra. You need to have overflow. Why? It answers all kinds of questions of life. We see another example which would be in the book of James chapter two, verse 15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food. And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? See, if, if you don't pull out your checkbook, pull out your wallet, your purse, or pull out some cash, say, Hey, we're going to get you some clothes right now. You're freezing. We're going to go get you some food right now. We're going to get you set up because we don't want you out here starving, especially, especially here. I mean, I mean, well, there's food all over the place. Let's let's get some help in here. Praise God, as well as other parts that we can reach out to, not only in our local area, even around the world. Praise the Lord. But money does what? It answers that. It answers that. So God wants you to have extra so that you are blessed. All of your needs are met. Yes, and you have overflow 
to answer life's problems. Now, you could be ultra wealthy. You could be a billionaire. And you do realize there is a place money can't take you in the sense you can't buy your salvation. You can't uh, buy your way into heaven. You can only enter heaven through God's grace and receiving that grace through faith by putting your trust in Christ, what he accomplished at Calvary for the redemption of all lost humanity to come back to him through his shed blood, putting your faith and trust in him. So money, money can't touch that. But from a natural perspective, which is what Solomon, the wisest man on earth is commentating, is, is speaking of in context. Yeah, it answers all kinds of questions. What are your kids going to do after high school? What about college? What about a trade school? What about some, some um, uh, job career field that they can get on track with so they can have a good job? How are you going to, go, how are you going to send them to those places? Money is going to answer that. Answers all kinds of things. Pastor Stephen, we would like to see the Bible printed in the native tongue of one of these foreign tribes. Well, that's wonderful. Who's going to pay for it? Because you have to print it. You have to have researchers study it. You got, somebody's going to have to buy the paper. Somebody's going to have to buy the press. You know, so all of these things, money answers all of it. Don't let anybody ever tell you money's not important. It's one of the stupidest lies that floats through the church. And amazingly enough, there are some believers, Christians, who actually believe it. Mm -mm. My friends, you'll be able to answer all kinds of things around you. And, and remember, we know this. There's needs everywhere. So you just can't, you can't pour in everything. You'll, you'll be depleted. You can be Elon Musk. And if you start pouring in everything you, in a week, you're depleted. So you're, le you're led by the Holy Spirit. Your life is governed by the Spirit and biblical principles. And you have those moments. Yeah, this is one of those times you can, you can answer a situation. Why? Because you can. You have the extra. Woo! Praise the Lord. Whether it's helping the poor, whether it's helping uh, a ministry project, or whatever it might be. It is one of the, one of the most wonderful things when you practice giving. And you realize it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's walk in the light of the word and work biblical principles such as tithing, the sowing of financial seed in order to reap a financial harvest so that we can be a blessing. So let's honor the Lord with our finances right now. Praise God. If you're new in the faith. We are instructed in Scripture to honor God by giving Him the tithe. That's 10% from all of our earned income or even income or monies that would come in that we did not earn, such as an inheritance or special bonus at work or something like that. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Let's bring it in right now. Praise God. If you prefer to mail your tithes and offerings in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code, 28654. If you prefer to bring the tithes and offerings in online, of course, you can do so any, from anywhere in the world. Just go to our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. Right there on the homepage is the, the giving link called Give. And there's a red heart. And you can click that. And you can bring your tithes and offerings right into the ministry storehouse. We also have special projects that we're working on right now. 
Our key project right now is the resurfacing of the parking lot. We want to have new asphalt laid down so it's nice and up to date. We've got too many cracks and too much broken up concrete, or not concrete, but just old asphalt. We need to have the new put in. It's a $40,000 project. If you would like to sew into that, you can click the tab that's called Projects. And it'll, it'll open up the various projects. You'll see the parking lot project and any offering sent into that will be used specifically for that purpose. And it is greatly appreciated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, bless your people. Let them have more than enough money. Father, we give you praise because it's a good thing in Jesus name. We pray. We all agree and say, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, today, I would like to talk about the subject of keys for reaching dream fulfillment. I know I'm speaking to some dreamers that are out there, and I'm not just talking about wishful thinkers. You know, you have, I've met these people, they're always walking around wishing, hoping, hoping and wishing that they would win the lottery or something like that. No, we're talking about those that have dreams and are very serious about the fulfillment of those dreams. So today we're going to talk about keys and I'm going to focus on one of these keys. It's essential. It's not optional. It's essential for reaching dream fulfillment. Today we're going to launch from the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into today's message we ask that you open our hearts to receive your word with joy. And Father, if there would be any slackness in this area that we study today, let it be pulled tight and let our lives reflect your Christian values, your biblical values, which are eternal in, in their nature. They'll never change. We thank you for this. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're beginning today in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. He who has a slack hand or a lazy hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Praise the Lord. The power for you to step into wealth and prosperity. By the way, did you ever notice that your dreams, in order for them to be filled, Fulfilled, a lot of that is going to revolve around what? Money. Money. Pastor Stephen, I have a dream to start an orphanage. Good. Good. You're going to need some money to put shoes on those children, to put food in their mouths. Praise God. Most dreams are going to have some form or connection with the need for financial provision and the power to get wealth. The power to step in the prosperity is not solely based upon you or I operating in just the principles of giving and receiving only. There has to be more. There needs to be a balance between, watch this, our giving and, are you ready? Our working. Mm -hmm. I know that in today's culture, that the dignity of work often now is actually sneered upon. And there are those who live off maybe state benefits or have learned to even work the government system. And they sit home and they say, why should I work 
when the benefits I get almost equate to what I would get if I went out and worked. I'll tell you why. So that you could rise way beyond $15 an hour level living that these government subsidies and these government entities would ha be happy to see you stuck at for the rest of your life. Leaving the planet having accomplished less than 1% of your potential of what God put you here for. Woo! Praise the Lord. So break out of that system of entrapment and look to the Lord. Hallelujah. Not for a handout of cheese or some government check that barely keeps your nose above the water so you can just survive. Don't be looking to that as some form of living. That's terrible. That's that, that God didn't even create you for a purpose or for uh, some kind of a miserable existence like that, where you sit home all day, surf the Internet. You just waste your time playing video games for 12 hours a day or something like that is a trap of Satan to abort your destiny and the high calling that you actually have to leave a mark in the earth that brings glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. There needs to be a balance between your giving and your working. Giving establishes the blessings of God, but working provides the channel through which those blessings are released. Glory to God. Giving without working is like pouring oil. Into your hands. <laughs> Can you imagine this? Picture this. Pouring oil into your hands and trying to use that as a system to transport oil. Let's move some oil around. Here, pour it in my hands. I'll carry it over here. Well, by the time you get over there to empty it, wherever you're trying to put it into, you, you've lost it. Why? Your hands are not designed to be a channel. It, uh, oil does not flow uh, properly. Through something like that, you're going to, it's going to be leaking all over the place. Mm -hmm. Giving without working is like pouring oil into your hands. Foolishly trying to move it from one place to another. Your hands are not a suitable channel for transporting oil or alone. Your giving is not that suitable channel alone by itself for the fullness of God's plan for your life to unfold. Now, let me give you two scriptures that will give you a solid connection between giving and working. Let's stay a little bit longer in the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs. Let's go now to Proverbs chapter 18. Let's drop down to verse 16. Praise the Lord. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. There is something about the giving of a gift. When you can understand a person, what they like, what makes them happy. Have you ever had a goofy gift given to you? Something really that would maybe even be called a, you wouldn't tell the person, but something that you think this is a stupid gift. I don't even like this. Why? It's not even my color. This doesn't even fit. 
Why did they give this to me? Then maybe you realize they, they just gave it because it was a leftover Christmas gift that they didn't want. They thought it was stupid. So what do they do? They gave it to you. Mm-hmm. They forgot to take the sticker off of it and you turn it upside down and the sticker says $2.99. Not good. Not good. But when you get the gift right, you read the person right and you think they would really like this. And, you, and they do. Wow. And you nailed it on the gift and it opens their heart. A man's gift makes room for him. It sure will. It sure will. There are times when you're going into certain ecosystems into certain environments into certain places you bring a gift and if you get the gift right it, it will open some big doors praise the lord and brings him that gift brings him before great men so giving is very very important now proverbs chapter 22 verse 29 do you see a man who excels in his work, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Now here we see that it is, it is your giving and your working that determines the ultimate outcome of your life. Praise the Lord. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. You need to excel. Excel. I'm not talking about the Microsoft program. I'm talking about you rising to the top of your career field, of your profession. Do you see a man who excels in his work? Let me tell you right now, the person who's the very best at what they do, they're going places. You're going to the very top. You will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. See, kings can appreciate that. Why? They realize, hey, we've got a major problem solver here that's on the scene. We're going we're gonna to get this person. We're going to employ this person. We're going to make sure they're well taken care of. We ain't ever letting them go. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Why? They're too good at their work. The, 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 those are not a dime a dozen. They're not. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. So it's your giving and your working that determines how high you go, the outcome of your life. Now, that's what I like in a sense about my ministry, because this is a ministry that the Lord established. He told me to start this ministry and to move forward with this ministry. And we are perhaps you could call it non-denominational in a sense that I don't have to, you know, get a superintendent's or general overseer's permission uh, to work past 40 hours. I, I don't need that. If I want to work 60 hours, I can. If I want to stay up writing on my manuscript to two o'clock in the morning, I don't have somebody saying, no, don't do that. We're going to owe you a whole lot of overtime. Stop. Stop it. No, no, I can. I can work all I want. And I like it. Praise the Lord. I used to work at a company and they would anybody that got the moment you start getting around 38 hours. And of course, I was full time. But if you got the 38 hours, they're watching you like a hawk. Now, remember, at 40, you have to clock out at 40. And it's a multi-billion dollar company. Oh, but you've got to get off the clock at 40. <laughs> Woo. 
hallelujah. Now look, when you're going to rise to the top, I can tell you right now, you're going to, you're going to go past 40. You're going to go past 40. Mm -mm. And it's a good thing. It's a real good thing. Praise God. That freedom to work. Now, what we're discussing today, this key for reaching dream fulfillment, not just perpetually dreaming, no, dream fulfillment. This is something that actually a lot of charismatics, tongue-talking, Bible-toting believers, um, they, they don't know a lot about this area of work. Now, the charismatics, they know about giving. But in this area of work and really churning out the output, a lot of them haven't been taught. They have never heard messages on this subject. And they'll give, they'll pray, and they'll, you know, walk with the Lord. And they're like, hmm, Lord, uh, another year's gone by. Hmm, Lord, three more years have gone by. Well, I hope I, hope I don't die before this thing ever comes to pass. Well, Sometimes there can actually just be flat out a lack of work and they're not staying on task. They're losing focus and it's not getting accomplished. So we're here today to get it done through the dignity of good labor and diligent work. Now, you'll notice in Genesis chapter 12 and also chapter 14 that Abraham, he encountered the promise of blessings through the act of giving. But we see clearly in chapter 14 that he gave tithes to Melchizedek who blessed him. But you have to understand, even with these blessings going on, that Abraham took delivery of those blessings through hard work. Mm -mm. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, what, what was he doing? How did he do it? Well, principles are eternal, but methods are different for all of us because the method, you have a different method. Why you have a different calling in life. You have a different skill set. You have a different desire to do something. What was his method? He was a, he was a cattleman. He was a rancher. He had a huge ranch with lots of animals, and he wasn't raising them for pets. He was selling them, making a lot of money, and he became very, very wealthy as a rancher. Here's another, here's another rancher. I don't, I don't think he wore a cowboy hat. Um, I don't think he had on Tony Lama boots, but I'll tell you one thing. He was a rancher if you ever saw one, and that man was Job. Woo, praise the Lord. Would you like to see it in the Bible? Now, before I show it to you, now you get ready. Because you need to understand that Job, in his time, had the largest vehicle dealership, not only in the Middle East, in the world. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, he wasn't out there in the desert selling Mercedes Benzes. I'll show it to you in the Bible. Pastor Stephen, are you telling me he, he was a dealer for Rolls Royce? Well, let me just show you what the Bible says. Job chapter 42, which is technically the book of Job. According to theologians, is actually the oldest written book in the Bible. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, Genesis covers the beginning, but they actually say that Genesis was written after the book of Job had been written. Praise the Lord. Now, 
Job chapter 42. Let's go directly to the verse, verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. There it is right there, because the camel was the Mercedes Benz of the desert back in those days. And he had 6,000 of them on the dealership lot. Now, you, if you went to any car dealership and you saw they had an inventory on the lot of 6,000 vehicles, you'd be like, this is the largest dealership I've ever been to. Look at all the cars. As far as I can see, brand new cars for sale. That's what Job had. That's what Job had. You have to have a channel for the blessing to flow through. What was his channel? He was a rancher. His, what he was ranching over was a lot of animals, a whole bunch of sheep, oxen, donkeys, but the camels, 6,000 camels. Mm -mm. Think about the size of the labor force that he would need to take care of all of these animals. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, he just put them all off in the field somewhere and just they, they just multiplied. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> they're going to get sick. They're going to die, you know, or people are going to steal them. He had an enormous workforce of employees, and I'm sure they were paid well. I'm sure they were well taken care of, and the blessing of God was upon Job. But that blessing was being manifested through a certain channel, and that was his what? His work. Oh, we, we know Job was a heavyweight giver, rescuing the poor. Literally, he says, snatching the destitute right out of the teeth, the fangs of the wicked. Well, how did he do that, Pastor Stephen? With money. With money. Same thing Handel did when he wrote the Messiah. And it became famous. It became a phenomenon. And people wanted to listen to it. And people wanted to hear it over and over and over. And he became... Wealthy after having previously been, I think, impoverished would be maybe saying it too well. He was so poor and broke before this infusion of wealth into his life. And when the money flowed in, you know what he did? He would go to prisons and he would pay off people's debt because you had people in prison because they, they couldn't pay their debts. And he would pay their financial debts off and liberate people literally from out of prison. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, he was a giver. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I want to emulate that. Good. You need to go to work, too. You need to give. You need to give. And just you need to work. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's just off in the tent somewhere. Pastor Stephen's sleeping. No, no, nothing runs on its own. And the bigger it is, the more oversight it takes. He has a huge employee base, and he has leaders over that. He has to, he has to uh, teach and instruct the leaders. Big, big operation. You can imagine, car dealership, 6,000 vehicles on the lot. That's only the camels. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Abraham and Job were both givers, but they were also workers. When you are not working... Please, please, let this go deep, deep into your spirit. When you are not working, please, please, if you're sitting 
all day long playing video games, relying on a government check. Please listen to what I'm trying to share with you out of a heart of love. When you are not working, God has nothing to bless. When you're not working, God has nothing to bless. So there's no channel for the flow. Well, I'm a sweet person, Pastor Stephen. I helped an old lady cross the street. She didn't get run over. That's nice. And God sees things like that. That's, that's nice. But work is a primary channel for the blessing to flow. And when you're not working, God's unable to reach you with that blessing. Mm, thank you, Jesus. If you get a little trickle something, a little trickle blessing, little, little, a little sprinkle of a blessing, that's nice. But that's, that's nothing compared to what God wants to do for you. Praise the Lord. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree, plant it by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Catch it. Whatever he does shall prosper. Praise the Lord. Did you notice that it does not say, whatever he gives shall prosper. Yes, whatever he gives will prosper. That's, there is a place for that, 30, 60, 100 fold. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about a different key that's often neglected. The key of diligent work, praise the Lord. And whatever he does shall prosper. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's no future for the lazy man in this covenant. There's no future for the lazy man in this covenant. Praise the Lord. You have to get up and you have to work. Praise God. Now you have a choice between hard work or hard life. By the way, I made my choice years back for hard work. And because of that, you can see, obviously, I'm very much free from a hard life. Praise God. But it's a choice that we all have to make. John chapter 5, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Can you imagine a Messiah laying in bed, 11 o'clock in the morning, not shaved? Well, maybe they didn't shave back then certain times. Maybe didn't, you know, culture and customs back then. But, you know, not ready for the day. You know, just wasting time. You know, hoping, hoping. No, no. The Messiah, the true Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, he was a worker. He was a worker. He was not, he was not some kind of a hobo preacher. No, no. He had a phenomenal work ethic. And the more growth of your ministry or of your business or of your career field, you know what? Uh, the workloads, you, you learn to balance it, but you're going to be, you're going to be in high demand. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus was a worker. He was a worker. And he said he was. <laughs> so he, he was not a, not a lazy person, not a lazy bone, as we would say, in his body. Praise God. Now, I want to share something interesting with you from Deuteronomy. Let's go back to the Old Testament again just for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. That's the problem with some of you. Too much sitting, too much sitting around, no going in, no going out. You're going to have to have the work activity going on. Praise the Lord. Movement. Hallelujah. Actively going out and coming in. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I haven't been able to find a job. Hmm. I met one man. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I met one man who told me he couldn't find a job. It has been now over 10 years, and he still says, are you ready for this? He still says, I still haven't found a job. I still haven't found a job. Wow. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. See, it says in Scripture, whatever your hand finds, your hand needs to be a finding hand. And he's to find a job. Well, I don't have one. Well, now you have one. A full, you have a full-time, 40-hour work week job, which is to find a job. And your hand will find it. <laughs> Just stick it out there. Start looking. <laughs> it will find it. It will find it. But you need to go out there and look for it. Praise God. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Praise the Lord. God's going to open up something very, very special for you. If you don't have a job right now, maybe you've lost it because maybe the, the company you work for went out of business because of the, you know, the COVID and various companies and, and businesses not recovering when, once they reopened or perhaps never reopened. But you know what? You maybe lost a job, but you didn't lose your hand. Your hand can find another job better than the one that you had. And if you'll get out there and use your faith and work by looking, you'll see God bless you with the best paying job, with the best benefits, with the best atmosphere, with the best company that you've ever worked for in your life before. Praise God. Get up, get moving. Father, bless that person, that man, that woman that needs employment. Bless them. Let their hand find it. Let them work to find it. We thank you, Father God. You're going to give them something better. I agree with them. The best job they've ever had in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's go to the book of Haggai. Chapter 1. Again, we need to understand that it takes giving and working. But we must know in our hearts that hard work without a giving heart will leave us in places of frustration 
of being spiritually stranded, even perhaps financially stranded, which is why we need to engage always in covenant practice of working and giving. Verse 11, God says, for I called for drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. So there's a drought and things aren't working like they should be. Why? Verse 9 tells us, because of my house, the Lord of hosts says, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. The problem here is that they were not engaged in a giving covenant. They were selfish, only interested in their personal ambitions, and they had no heart for God's agenda. And because of that, it was like the monies they had, they put it in their pockets, in their pockets, it were as if they had holes in their pockets. So yes, giving is critical. It's essential. But we must also work and be very consistent with doing both, continuing to sow, but at the same time, working, working, consistently working and working. And you're going to see, you're going to see God bless you and take you into realms where it's like a new dimension. It's not, it's not even like it's like a raise or I, or I got like this much of a raise. It's like, no, you go into a new dimension. Praise the Lord of blessing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't grow weary. Keep giving. Keep working. Keep putting your trust in the Lord. Yes, walk with God. Pray. Seek the face of God. But my friends, prayer and fasting are not a substitute for work when there needs to be hands-on working, when there needs to be boots on the ground. It's not going to get done unless you jump in there and do your part. Yes, I, I preach on prayer. Often, as you know, we discuss and open up the subject of fasting, and it is a spiritual discipline that we engage in as the Holy Spirit leads. But my friends, we must also be willing to put the work in. Now, let's go just for a moment to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he said, this would be Jesus speaking, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. Praise the Lord. No matter how marvelous the revelation that you have received from God, it's still going to unfold in phases. You're not going to jump from A to Z. You're going to have to go A, B, C. You're going to have to follow the biblical principle. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. Therefore, we see from the Lord's example that it takes patience 
for us to reach the place that God has planned for you, particularly the plan that you begin to discover in the school of prosperity. And you see it. There's unveiling of the plan. You're like, ooh, this is going to be good. And it is. But you're going to have to go through the different phases. So what must you do? Keep working. Keep giving. Keep praying. Keep seeking the Lord. And work, work, work. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us now go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. And we're going to look at one more scripture here in Habakkuk. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Praise the Lord. Write the vision. You know, often the vision is so much higher than what we could have ever conceived, perhaps when we were young. Maybe you were raised in a certain environment or community. That, if you were honest, looking back, maybe you could just say, you know what? There was a spirit of laziness in that county, in that culture in which you were raised. I remember riding one day with my dad in the pickup truck as we were going into town, driving on a street. It wasn't a street. It was a road, like a state road, where the speed limit was 55 miles per hour. And there was a truck, kind of an orange, kind of faded orange color pickup truck in front of us that we kind of caught up with that was going 30 miles per hour under the speed limit. So the speed limit's 55 and they're crawling along at 30 miles per hour and two men in that truck. I said to my dad, I said, dad, why, why are they driving so slow? He said, well, son, you'll notice on the truck, um, that color and the writing, uh, over here on the side, it tells you this is a County truck. So those are county workers. They work for the county. And he said the reason they're driving so slow is to milk the clock. And they don't really want to work. So while they're on their way to their next job, they're driving just as slow as they can because they're stuck on a certain pay level. They have no motivation to go any higher in life. So they just drive real slow. They don't really care about anything. And it, it gets done when it gets done. So I began to realize in life that you could be uh, raised in a culture like that. You could be raised maybe in a house where you were, you were taught growing up, you need a two-hour nap. Yep. Every day at 12, you have to have a super extra long siesta. You need a two-hour nap. You look tired. Did you get your two-hour nap in? Mm. Now, look, if you need a 10-minute nap, lean back, close your eyes for a few minutes. That's understandable. But you don't need a two-hour nap in the day unless maybe you only had one hour of sleep or two hours of sleep at night. No, you need to get uh, eat your lunch, enjoy yourself, take a little break, and then get back to work. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor Stephen, now hold on just a moment. I was raised on island time. Well, you better get off that island time or you're going to miss the plane because the plane schedule does not operate on island time. It boards at 11. It takes off at 1123. And if you're not there and you miss your gate, too bad. Well, that's not fair. Uh, we don't do it like that on the island. Well, you, you, need to, you need to adjust your way of thinking. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And by the way, if you want to come into civilization, get your island into civilization, such as paved roads and hospitals and, you know, grocery stores and stuff like that. You're going to have to get off this, you know, well, I guess we'll just get it done when we get it done. Well, that's fine. You just keep on walking barefoot, live on a dirt road. And, you know, 
you're going to have to make these adjustments, praise the Lord, and have a hustle. Woo, glory to God in your step. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. There are two states in America. The, these two states lead when it comes to hustle. It's California, particularly Southern California, and New York, particularly New York City. And there's a hustle, and there, there's a vibe, and but there's like, let's get it done. And you can be impacted by that in a good way, and then you go to a, another place where everything's on molasses time schedule. Well, we're still working on that, that Pastor Stephen, and it's not done yet. Well, when's it going to be done? Well, now, we don't really know when the time of completion for that is going to get done, but we're going to give you a call once it's done. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go somewhere else because what happens is stuff like that. It just stretches out longer and longer and longer. And I've had it happen here in the county I live in. And I love the county I live in. <laughs> but we don't have island time here. We have foothill time here. We're at the foothills of the mountains. And, um, and a lot of people like it real slow. We don't want none of that city stuff, Pastor Stephen. We like our ways. Uh, that's nice. That's, that's nice. And there, there are some good attributes of that. Well, you know, you have peace and calm and stuff like that. But if you want to attract some things that will benefit the community and, um, help your children to have a better quality of life, you may want to pick up the pace a little bit. Praise the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Now, maybe you were raised in a culture like that in a county like that and and you get around other stuff that's moving real, real quick and you're just like well sometimes god will merge you into that because you you need some of that well, I'm, I'm getting overloaded pastor stephen well then you need to you need to acclimate to a faster pace mm-hmm. and i had that happen at a certain job when i lived in southern california i, took, I had this certain job and everything was going good we had a great team it was a large corporation, but we, we all liked our team. And in one day, it went from being comfortable and we all loved our work. In one day, it went to like, like, hell, like hell on earth in our job department with this new manager that came in. Wild, wild. He had no corporate uh, uh, DNA in him at all. He was like, I, I, we were all like, how did he get this job? I mean, how do they let like a crazy guy like this in? But he had a work ethic that was through the roof. Oh, he could cuss and he could use profanity like you would you wouldn't believe. He was a he was a sinner and very happy to be one. But his work ethic was unbelievable how much he could get done. And he would push people so hard, including me, to accomplish workloads that I think it would challenge the Avengers. Or the or Superman to to meet the quota of what he's laying out, but he wanted it done by this time, and he's going to check it, and uh, and he put the pressure on. You know, you're going to get written up <laughs> if you don't do it, or whatever. So you know, so he pulled for those that kind of like could see his heart. How can I say? Because he's really wanting the department to shine. He's wanting to climb the ladder. That's all he's wanting to do, and he's. You know, in order to do that, you got to run. You got to run the ship. So, I saw what he was up to. I, I could see the good part. I could see the wicked, but I could see the good part. And that that work ethic was phenomenal. And that that jumped on me. I realized 
I can get it done. Now, sometimes I, I didn't get everything done that he wanted, but I got so far beyond what would be considered normal that I was working so fast that one day one of these guys stopped and said, he stopped me and said, Stephen, if we keep accomplishing this level of work, they're going to expect this all the time. And we're going, to, we're going to have to perform like this all the time. I said, that's, that's okay. That, that, that's all right. By the way, that's not, that, that's why I'm not there anymore. I, I went beyond that. I, yes, the calling, the ministry and all that, but also even should God have chosen in his sovereignty to have sent me in a different path in life. I, I guarantee you one thing. I wouldn't be at that place anymore. Why? I worked my way out of that place. <laughs> I went way beyond that. Why? Because of that instrument that God used to show me something about work that I'd never really seen on that level before. Praise God. So, you know, I just took that with me. I took that with me. And after I had learned that lesson really good, and that was something that uh, ignited and took on the inside of me, and I just stayed like that, then he was fired. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Well, Pastor Steve, now he's gone. I guess you could just sit back and really shoot the breeze with the boys. I guess you could really now, you could just, no. I kept, I kept on working like that. I kept on working like that. Mm -mm. That high output, high output. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, Pastor Stephen, God gives different anointings to some. Some are called to just do a small work for the Lord, and some are called maybe to a larger work. God decides that. There are different levels of anointing, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily stuck on a certain place and you have no involvement in shifting that you can go higher. If you want to, you can increase the anointing. You can certainly decrease it. Nobody would argue about that. You can certainly decrease the anointing. Stop praying, stop seeking God and all that. So, but you have to understand you can increase it as well. But with that increase of anointing that positions you to minister more effectively to God's people. Yes. It's going to require more work. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's okay. That's okay. There's never a place God overloads you. There's because it's a labor of love. You know, I was, I was working yesterday doing some polishing on my manuscript and I got so caught up that before I knew it, I had, I had hardly moved for three hours. And it's like, I looked up and I was like, whoo, Ooh, I only meant to do this for an hour. I've got to catch back up now, shift over this other thing that I was supposed to get done. So you can get so caught up in your work. Why? You love it. It's who you are. It's what you do. That it's, you're not like, you're not like mentally depleting yourself because, oh, this, this is taxing me. I don't know how much longer I can take this. I want to retire. I can't. No, you, you don't want to retire because you love what you do. Praise God. You, you can retire when you get to heaven. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. There was a point in the life of Dr. Oral Roberts where he told a certain minister, he said, I'm going to retire. I can't, I can't stand up anymore and minister to people. I can't, I can't stand up and, and preach anymore. And the minister wisely said, don't retire. He said, just sit down and talk to them. And Dr. Roberts said, sit down. 
And the, the minister said, yes, sit down. He said, they don't care if you're standing or sitting. You, you have an anointing. You have a message that will bless. Just keep, keep talking, even from a chair. Dr. Roberts decided to do that and thus extended his effective ministry and, uh, you know, teaching and training for many more years, right up until the time that he went home to be with the Lord. He still had ministers coming over to his apartment and he's mentoring people and stuff like that, sitting down, but he's still going. Why? He loved it is what he loved doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Habakkuk chapter two, again, uh, we have moved through verse two, verse three, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Your dream's going to come to pass. Your dream's going to come to pass at the end. It's going to speak. It's going to speak. And it's going to say, it's going to say, I have been completed. It's going to be saying, because it's going to be speaking. Why? Because it was built. It was raised up. And it, there it is. And in a sense, it's speaking, even if it's a building structure or whatever it might be, a hospital, whatever it could be, a Bible college, whatever it could be. There it is. And it's speaking fulfillment. The dream has been realized, but it speaks when at the end. And that's why you're going to have to keep giving and you're going to have to keep working until you get to the end because it doesn't speak until you get to the end. Praise God. I'm not in any way into get rich quick schemes. I don't believe in that. There's so much deceit in that. I don't believe in that. I'm not an endorser of money being used simply as a weird tool for glamour. Uh, no, that's not what it's all about. I'm into a practical covenant pursuit of wealth. In other words, I would say money with a mission, wealth for a purpose, for the accomplishment of the dream, the assignment that God has designated for you to complete. So we must work and we must give and it will come. You will be blessed and you will have overflow and you will be a blessing to others. The vision will speak at the end. Praise God. And you will see the fruits of your labor. Hallelujah. Praise God. And somebody will say, isn't that nice? Look what you did. Praise God. That just happened overnight. And you're thinking, no, I worked for years <laughs> behind the scenes, working, working. Well, look at that. He just prayed. And there it is. No, they, don't, they don't see the work often. They don't see so often the work. But you know that, yes, you paid a price to stand in that place. And when it's done, it's very rewarding because that vision will speak. But again, it only speaks at the end. Stick with it. You're going to be there, and your dream is going to come to fulfillment. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching right now. They have dreams. Let them give feet to those dreams. Let them put their hands to the plow, not only in the sense of the gospel, the, the salvation life, walking with Christ, but also to the assignment that you have given to them. Let them put their hands on the plow, not look back. Let them work. The plow is an instrument of working. Let them work. Let them plow. Let them work. Thank you, Father God. Let them keep giving. 
walking in that covenant platform of finances. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for the channel. They're creating huge channels for provision to flow, for wealth to flow. We give you praise. Father, we have seen ranchers. We've seen Abraham. We've seen Job. There's many different methods. So, Father, as we work the principles, we thank you for the different designated methods that are going to be applied in the lives of your people through work. Many streams of income will be established for those because you will prove faithful in one channel. God's going to open another channel. You will have multiple streams of income touching your life. Shout and say, Amen. Father, I bless your people to have multiple streams of income, multiple channels of work where the income can flow. Thank you, Father, into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, my friends, if you're watching today and perhaps you've never made Christ the Lord of your life, but in your heart, you feel the Holy Spirit working on your heart and you want to get your life right with God, then why don't you... Do that right now and pray this prayer after me. Just pray this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion together. I want to ask you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have these little wafers, you can always use a cracker or something like that. And grab some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless the bread, the juice. We set it apart through this prayer as holy. It's now consecrated. It's holy. This is now the body and the blood of Christ. And Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive his wisdom. And we thank you that wisdom always carries instructions. We are instructed by you to work diligently. So, Father, as we receive the body of Christ, let the spirit of energetic work, work that we love, let it come upon us. We thank you, Father, there's also times to rest and refresh. But when it's time to work, Father, let us burn with your Holy Spirit in that area to accomplish much for you. We thank you, Father. We receive the Lord's body and his anointing for work in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake. Those of you that are older and more mature in the faith, when you see the younger ones who have been influenced through the false teachings of socialism and communism and like a corporate welfare type system, teach them lovingly the scriptures and the biblical principles of God and how work is honorable and work is good. It brings dignity and distinction into their life and allows them to shine as an individual. Teach that to them. And one day, they'll thank you for it. Teach them in love. No condemnation. Teach them in love. And one day, they will rise so far beyond the welfare system 
of basic living. They will rise so far beyond that and be a blessing with such financial strength that they will look back to you as the one that spoke that wisdom, those instructions that altered their destiny from being one of frustration, failure, and poverty to one of being a light, a blessing to many. So, Father, we praise you. I thank you for divine encounters that your people are going to have with the down and outers who don't know what to do. They're confused. They've heard conflicting messages, conflicting stories. But one thing's for sure, they're not in a good place. So, Father, we thank you that as we instruct them with your word, step by step, going through the process of the blade, the ear, and the fullness of the, of the ear ready to be plucked for harvest. We thank you, Father, you're going to walk them right out of financial frustration. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise, Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes, that he died for us to redeem us from our sins and lack and insufficiency and the full force of the curse of the law. He has set us free. Father, we celebrate the blood of Jesus. We thank you that he died for us. In his name we pray. We thank you for abundance and more than enough money to do what you've called us to do and to be a blessing to so many others. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise God. My friends, it's time to go to work. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.